Hey folks, thanks for checking out Missio Church in Manor, Iowa. You are listening to audio recorded at our Sunday morning service. If you'd like any more information on the gospel or would like to learn more about Missio Church, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Missio Mount Air. invite you to get your Bibles out to 1 Corinthians 12. We've got a little bit of work to do this morning as we continue on in our series through the, um, through the spiritual outcome, this discipleship outcomes. This morning we're talking about spiritual giftedness, uh, serving with your spiritual gifts. And so our text, very common one, uh, there's a few places that typically you can go to to talk about the spiritual gifts, but we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. It says this, Now, there are a variety, varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God stands forever. So this morning, as I mentioned, we're heading through, uh, this is the fourth week now in our five discipleship outcomes. I'm not sure how well you'll be able to see them up there, but we've gone through three of them so far. Our, our discipleship outcomes begin with communing with God, living by the Spirit, secondly. Thirdly, sharing God's grace. Fourth is serving with your spiritual gifts which is what we're talking about this morning. And then next week, we'll be talking about stewarding life generously. So a reminder on these outcomes that we've got, uh, that we're, we're putting up front. We want to stress that these are not obligations of discipleship that we somehow take up to earn our place with God, right? Like We have gone through... Uh, our, our vision statement for three weeks about God and His church and His mission in the world. And then our four core values of God, truth, love, and mission. And all of it being centered around this reality of who God is and what He has done. How central, really, the gospel is at Missio. What God has done for us in Jesus Christ. The truth of the gospel. Our standing with God comes through faith alone, in Christ alone, by His grace alone. And so we don't take up the outcomes, or these discipleship outcomes that we're trying to see bear fruit in our lives, and say, bear fruit in these five areas, so that you're then made right with God. Right? 
that's totally backwards. That is, that is taking your sanctification and turning it into your justification. We instead see these outcomes as a result of an awareness of a, a full putting your trust in the justification that is yours through faith in Christ alone, right? The gospel is the message that on our own, we are at war with God. Mankind is born dead in sin and trespasses. You were at one time dead like the rest of the world and we're at enmity with God, like Ephesians 2 says, right? And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus has, been, has come. Jesus was born. He lived the righteous life that you and I should have lived but didn't. He died the death that we deserve so that every one of us confessing our sins, looking to Christ and his righteousness and his sacrificial death on the cross could be forgiven of our sins, made righteous in God's sight, justified, justified through nothing but faith in Christ alone having been made right with God. And so then now we are moving into what does that then look like on the ground? Now that we are not our own, but that we belong to God, what should our lives look like? What specific marks of being his can we kind of zero in on? We want to live in fellowship or communing with God. Though our lives are not, we are not the center of our universe. We are theocentric. Remember that from several weeks ago? I did a whole long time talking about uh, uh, different centrisms. And we are to be theocentric. We are God-centered. He is the center of who we are. Everything in our lives, now that we are His, revolves around Him. We are to commune with Him. We are to live by the Spirit. We are to, when God, we are to be obedient to what the Word tells us. Living by the Spirit, following Him where He directs us being obedient to the truth that has been revealed to us through his word. That obedience is manifested in lots of different ways. And so we have communion with God, living by the Spirit, and then you could almost say there's three ways that's kind of worked out. You share God's grace. That because you commune with God, because you're living by the Spirit, we are not shy about letting the world know this is how God has been gracious to me. We share God's story and his personal story in our lives, the way that God has impacted us, the way that his grace has changed us. So because we commune with God and live by the Spirit, we share God's grace. We also, next week, we'll talk about stewarding all of life generously. We're not our own, but we belong to God. Therefore, everything is his. But this week, not only do we share God's grace, not only do, do we steward life generously, but we also serve with spiritual gifts. We serve with spiritual gifts, the resources, the way that God, the, 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 the giftings that God has given to us. So today's outcome, today the big idea is simply, trying to be simply this. The Holy Spirit equips all of God's people in a variety of ways to serve each other for the building up of Christ's church. The Holy Spirit equips all of God's people. Can I say that anymore? I could, I could, I could be more dramatic. All. I could try it. God, the Holy Spirit equips all of God's people to empower them for, in a variety of ways 
to serve each other for the building up of Christ's church. As you seek to serve, because you're communing with God, because you are living by the Spirit, because you've placed your faith in Christ, and you're no longer your own, but you're His, as you seek to serve, you're doing that desiring of God's empowerment to fulfill your ministry faithfully and effectively and fruitfully. And so we seek to serve empowered by the Spirit. What then do we mean by spiritual gifts? And I'm looking at the time, and we are not going to go into a deep theological discussion on the spiritual gifts. I read about, uh, this is, I guess this is kind of a flex, uh, I, I read or listened to about 600 pages worth of writing, <laughs> read or listened to on spiritual giftedness and the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, Romans uh, 12, uh, 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4, I mean, and, and, and just consuming and trying to get my own categories, okay, being challenged in lots of areas. We're not going to go through all of that <laughs> this morning. All right, there, there are a variety of gifts. So what do we mean? And I, I, it's a fun conversation, and it's, it's really, been, um, really been revitalized, I guess, recently in America with a lot of the, the Pentecostal movement, the charismatic movement has really revived a lot of discussion on the spiritual gifts. You've probably all been around churches that are very expressive at times in, in, in what they would call supernatural or spiritual gifts. It's a fun discussion, and if you're interested in it, I would love to have it. We're not going to get into those weeds, though, this morning. <laughs> what we're going to talk about is how do we, the, the emphasis we're going to make, well, we're going to get to it. It's a fun discussion. Because if you go through those passages, there's, there's 21, by some counting, 21 at least different spiritual gifts. If you go to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, 1 Peter 4, uh, go to uh, Romans chapter 12, go to, uh, I list off all of Ephesians chapter 4, depending on how you count them, you can get up to 20 plus spiritual gifts specifically named in the Bible as gifts of the New Testament. So Sam Storms, he offers this definition in his book on understanding the spiritual gifts. This is his definition of what the spiritual gifts are. This is a long definition. I can give it to you later if you want it. But here's his definition. A spiritual gift is when the Holy Spirit manifests his presence and imparts his power into and through individual believers to enable them to exceed the limitations of their finite humanity so that they might faithfully and effectively fulfill certain ministry tasks for the building up of the body of Christ. That was a long definition, Darren. Yes, it is. He's, he's got a few elements, though, of this. A spiritual gift is the Holy Spirit manifesting His presence and power in an individual to enable them to exceed their own limitations for effective ministry. And fulfilling of certain tasks that will build with the body of Christ. It is the Holy Spirit in an individual in a variety of ways. Empowering them to overcome their finite capabilities. That the building up of the church might happen. You can take a lot of time. If you want to Google spiritual gifts test. I guess go ahead. I don't have one that out there for you. There's tons of them. You can even pay money to take some of them. We're not going to take a bunch of time trying to figure out your spiritual gifts because the focus, I mean, you can. And we, and we are going to, we, we do want to figure out our spiritual gifts. But 
the primary task that we are after is that we are to be serving with our spiritual gifts. And there's an emphasis on when you're communing with God, living by the Spirit, you're sharing God's grace and you're serving in the power of the Holy Spirit. But making sure the emphasis is not ascertaining or discerning some supernatural gift, but get into service trusting and asking that God would empower you to faithfully overcome your limitations for effective ministry in the body of Christ. So there are a few realities from this 1 Corinthians 12 text that I want to emphasize just on this topic this morning. The first is, if we're back in the text here, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, it says, now there are varieties of gifts. It's double plural there, which is interesting. Something, something fun's going on there in the Greek that they're saying varieties of gifts, double plural. It's like, it's not just that there's a variety of gifts, there's varieties of gifts. And so it's, it's interesting. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God. The first thing we ought to recognize is that Paul and you can go both ways on You can kind of, as you read and study this out, people land at all different places. Is it just the 21 spiritual gifts? Well, we know those do exist because they are explicitly mentioned. But there is almost a, a concession on Paul's side that there are, there are a lot of gifts. There's varieties. And, and that maybe these gifts are more categories than specific gifts. Gifts. Here in 1 Corinthians 12, he lists out nine, but let's go to Romans chapter 12 just quickly and look at another list that Paul gives. This is Romans chapter 12. Uh, Let's look at verses 3 through 8. Paul says, and, and kind of look at the different gifts here. He says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service and our serving, like that one's not mentioned in 1 Corinthians, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, that one's not mentioned in 1 Corinthians, the one who contributes in generosity, that one's not mentioned in 1 Corinthians, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And so you see there's varieties, there's, these lists don't exactly, it isn't like Paul has Okay, there's the nine gifts, and every time I reference them, it's going to be the same nine. There's, there are varieties of gifts. There's a variety of, what, of the ways that God equips his people for the benefit of the church. Spiritual gifts, it, we should take some time. So, at the same time as that you want to say there are a variety of spiritual gifts, we also don't want to say that just everything is a spiritual gift. That there is something supernatural going on when we talk about spiritual gifts. So spiritual gifts are not just mere natural proclivities. Like if you have a propensity for music, like, like you can play an instrument and you've spent the time playing music. That's a natural talent. Maybe you've even worked to perfect it. 
but that is not necessarily operating in a spiritual gift. Spiritual giftedness would be having that and then the Holy Spirit, God in His presence, moving through you for effective ministry that actually out go, outdoes your own ability to perform the music. So a way I would say it's not mere natural um, ability. So I, I try, believe it or not, um, to get better at this, <laughs> at preaching. I read books. I have a whole section in my library on preaching, and I, I work hard at it, and I try to, I try to get better at it. Um, but there are certain times I, I know very much my limitations at the ability to hold a room and communicate a thought and all that stuff. But if you were there the Wednesday night that Nina was talking about her grace story and, and that she remembers a, a time sitting in the congregation and, and God moved in her heart from something that I said that, that opened her eyes to a new truth, to a new reality. That was not my natural ability coming through in that moment. <laughs> That was, by God's grace, varieties of gifts that, that through this operation somehow was able, God was taking uh, my meager attempt to serve the church and, and moving by the power of the Holy Spirit to, to have special power to affect the church. That's what we're talking about. Not just mere natural abilities or proclivities or natural talents or simply things that we've trained to get better at. What we are wanting to have happen is that God actually moves through us. Um, God may work through your natural proclivities and talents. He may just take ways that you're normally wired. Like if you like just engaging people in conversation, that God might, you know, have a supernatural gift of evangelism that you're able to get right to the heart of the issue. But that isn't just you getting better at asking questions of people. That is the Holy Spirit working through you, exceeding your natural limitations and gifting you for the building up of the church. Okay, so there are a variety of these gifts but they're called gifts of the Spirit because there's an active reality of the presence of God working out through His people. Okay, so there are varieties of gifts. We see that there in 1 Corinthians 12. But there also is one God who gives them. God is the one who gives the gifts, okay? So it isn't like we're going to sit around, take a test, figure out what my spiritual gifts are, and then I'm going to go home and get to work crafting this and get better at it. It is God is the one who gives the gifts. He is the one that does the empowering. We should speak, quoting Sam Storms again, he says, we should speak of such gifts as God's presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, like presence with you. We should think of spiritual gifts as God's presence, not as God's presence, S-E-N-T-S, like Christmas presence. The spiritual gifts is not like a present that God gives you at Christmas that you now then use, but it is God's presence. It is Him with you as you seek to serve. That is what the spiritual gifts are. It's God's presence with you as you seek to serve the church. Spiritual gifts are when God manifests Himself by empowering the believer to serve the church in ways that are over and above their natural abilities. And this produces in us a constant dependency upon Him. It keeps the focus off of ourselves and centered upon Him. So it is, there are, there, there are a variety of gifts. We see in this text here that it is God who gives the gifts. And the third thing we see is that God gives them to all, to everyone. 
So if you are in the building this morning, which you are, because I can see you, unless you're like, if you're listening to this later, you're not in the building. But if you're listening to this later <laughs> on the podcast or whatever, and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have repented of your sins, you're trusting in Jesus, the Holy Spirit has been given to you. And God equips all of his people to fulfill his mission in all the world. God is working through all of his people for, for his mission in all of the world. There are no bench-warming Christians. You know, we go on down here, and Paul was, in the Romans 12 passage, Paul was talking kind of the same language, right, of the, of the nature of the church, is that we are one body, and there are various parts of the body, and the, the eye can't say to the ear, I have no need of you, and such, and that's on down here in, in 1 Corinthians 12, that every part works together for the growth of the body, and every part has its place. God empowers all of his people. These spiritual gifts, they are given to all. The point of the illustration of the body is that certain parts of the body fulfill certain tasks, and each part needs the other to begin fulfilling their role. Each part needs the other parts to fulfill their role that we might be, that it might be a healthy body. Your view of spiritual gifts will be greatly influenced by your understanding of the nature of the church. Does the church exist? Did we secure this building so that Jim and I can stand up here on our elevated platform and we'll invite someone up to read scripture as well <laughs> and have a few tasks here and there and put on a program? Does the church exist to do this? Or does the church exist but to empower all of Christ's people to worship him with all of their lives and to see every man, woman, and child given repeated opportunity to hear and respond to the gospel. The, the nature of the church is that God calls us into a family and that everyone, everyone is then gifted, equipped, and called to be on mission with God in the world. To go back to our superhero analogy from a few weeks ago, the church is not um, the gathering of the Avengers. That, that it is like there's a few superheroes that are up front. Or it's not even a, an analogy where everyone comes with their superpowers. Instead, the church is the body of Christ that when we are together, each doing our part, we function as a unified whole, engaged in our giftedness for the full functioning of the body of Christ. And so we see this in a diversity of ways, yet there's a unity to it. Each one operating the gift. There might be someone who has a gift of hospitality or, or welcome that they are able to have a, just a, almost, a, and I, there is no need to apologize for saying that Christianity is a supernatural religion. You might be a welcoming person. We have a, we have a friend who loves hospitality, um, loves to have people over, but there is, when, when they're doing that as a spiritual gift, there is something about, it's nothing she doesn't do anything different to her house. She doesn't fix any fancier food. But there is a giftedness that feels invited. That when you walk in, the Holy Spirit and her giftedness, you feel invited to be into this place. There, there's something about the way that God works. There's the diversity of these gifts all working together for the last point. They are given for the common good. Your giftedness is not to put you on an elevated place. It is not to get to have uh, 
the special robe or the special hat. Oh, this is my impressive gift. What is your gift? Oh, you have a little, you know, measly gift. Oh, you, you, get, you have gifts of mercy or your, your works of service. And I'm this big fancy gift. No, they're all given for the common good. Serving with a spiritual gift is to, for the edification of the church. There is a goal in mind, and it is for the benefit of the body. It isn't the celebrity of those who exercises certain gifts. The gifts are given to all. Variety of gifts given to each one. God is the one who gives them, therefore he gets the glory. And it is for the benefit of everyone. It is for the common good, not to have anyone have an elevated status, but that everyone might celebrate and rejoice in the way that God has wired and working, the way the Holy Spirit is working through us for the benefit of the whole church. For this reason, uh, writer Kenneth Birding, in his book on spiritual gifts, he says we should ask not how can I discover the special abilities that the Spirit has given to me. And that's where a lot of this goes into, right? We start thinking, okay, I'm going to go home and get a list and talk to my friends. Where can I find my spiritual giftedness? Where, where can I? And that, that becomes this almost weird focus. What, I, what he's, he contends, we should not ask, how do I discover my special abilities? But instead, ask this, Lord, where do you want me to serve? Where do you want me to serve? Where is an area in the body of Christ that needs help, that needs ministered to? Where do you want me to serve? And then pray for God to gift you to do this in a, in a way that is filled with the Spirit for the building up of the church. And then as you serve, you begin to discover Oh, this really, this really clicks with me, or this, this seemed to have a really great effect. And you might be surprised at the things that God moves through you to the benefit of the church. So while we have as a discipleship outcome that we would serve with the spiritual gifts, we want to keep the emphasis on serve. We shouldn't get caught up in seeking after some gift because we think we'd like it the best, <laughs> I'd really like to be a guy who does this thing or has this word or does this impressive thing. Uh, you know, we shouldn't seek the gift because we think it's some special gift. But we should seek after the gift because we can look at our fellowship and see what areas need serving and ask God to give us the gifts that, needed, that are needed to best serve his church. It might be overstating the case. Like I don't, because I don't want to say, don't seek spiritual gift. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 14, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. He says especially to prophesy. He says to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. But they're there for a reason. Not to, not to be able to put on the, you know, the letter jacket that says, here's my gift. But it's for the benefit of the church. Where does the church need served? Look at your neighbor. Look, across, look around the room at who needs cared for, in what way, and how can I serve? How can I best love this congregation? And then, God, would you equip me to serve? Would you give me your Holy Spirit that I might specially serve and equip your church? We ought not to hamstring ourselves and not serve because we don't know if that's our gifting. <laughs> like, you have, like you'll, you know, you have that idea like, well, I can't. I can't be nice to that person because evangelism is not my gift or something like that. Or I can't, teaching isn't my, uh, you know, I can't answer that phone call and I can't share the gospel with them because that's not really my gifting. Where does God need you to serve? Serve and ask 
pray, God, would you give me the gifts I need for effective and fruitful service for the building up of your church? So practical application, just four things for practical application. Again, do not, first, do not look for special gifting as much as looking for where to serve. When it comes to serving with your spiritual gifts, look around and ask this question, God, where can I serve? Where can I benefit the church? Because that's what your spiritual gift is going to do. It's going to build up the church. It's going to help your neighbor. It's going to edify Christ. Where does that need to happen? And then God, gift me with what, what, needs, what I need to get this done. Don't ask for special gifting as much looking where to serve. Secondly, act. When you see that, move. Trusting God to help and empower as he sees fit. Thirdly, recognize spiritual giftings in one another. If someone ministers to you and you're like, and you notice that this is something, something incredible has happened here, I can't tell you the amount of encouragement that I have gotten sometimes from people, and it's just a, it's just a passing statement. Like uh, Dennis, Wednesday night, when he was making that comment, he was like apologizing for what he was saying. Like, well, it isn't much, but I'll say this. And not realizing the encouragement that that was, that that was the Holy Spirit in a very real way giving him the gift of encouragement that through his simple confession, it encouraged my heart. Jim and I had a conversation about how encouraging it was just to hear that. Now, I don't want him to get a big head and think he has the gift of encouragement, but... It is, it is looking to see where the need is, acting, and then trusting God to come in, and, and then recognizing that gift in others. Saying to them, do you realize what an encouragement that was to me? Do you realize how you, this is a gift I see that God moved in your life, produced for my benefit? So don't look, to the, look for where to serve. Tr- act and trust God. Recognize the gifting in others. And then, yes, pursue your own gift or gifts. As recognized, does someone say to you, you have a gift of encouragement, you have a gift of teaching, you have a gift of hospitality, you have, you know, some other great, you prayed for me and I got better. If you have, you know, if there's something like that going on, a miraculous gifting, seek that that would be manifested, that you would grow in that more and more and more. The reality is God has made his church to work as a body. Every member matters. I hope you know that. I hope you feel that here at Missio. We want you to feel every member matters. There are no throwaway attenders. There are no throwaway members. We don't just want you to put your butt in a seat to keep it warm. It's warm enough in here without that. We, we, we don't. Every member matters. Every member matters. Every member is a minister at some level. We're equipping all of Christ's people to worship Him with all of their lives. Every member is on mission, serving God by serving His church. So as Paul says, as I already quoted it, but Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, earnestly desire spiritual gifts so that we may love well, serve well, and glorify God as He deserves to be glorified. Let's pray. Father, I, I ask that that there's, God, who can fully exhaust the wonders of your ways? <laughs> and it's, it's a daunting thing to think about trying to take even 30 minutes and talk about the spiritual gifts. But God, my prayer is that even just in 
talking about this topic, bringing up these subjects, looking through a little bit at this passage of 1 Corinthians 12, that, God, you would move among us, that we would be a congregation that is communing with you, living by the Spirit, eager to share your grace, to share the story of what you have done, God, and eager to serve one another. Yes, with all the energy that we naturally have, but also with the strength that you provide, God. That, God, would you equip us? Would you fill us with your spirit? That, God, the, the, the fruitfulness of missio would not be about um, we have the best trained and best uh, equipped in any sense other than, God, you are among us. Your presence is here. You are moving through your people for the growth of your body, for the, for the sanctification of your people, for their enjoyment of you. God, you're the one who do, does this. You are the one who gives the gifts. And so, Father, we turn our eyes to you. We turn our hearts to you, asking God that your will would be worked out in our lives for our good, for the good of your church, for the glory of your name. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.